0: Welcome to the Mama's on Fire podcast. This episode is about how to start a zero based budget that aligns with your priorities, but also your values. Thanks so much for listening. Do me a quick favor, and if you like the episode, learn something from the episode, write a review, and share it with someone else. Those of you that read my blog know that I have not missed a budget since the year 2016, except for this November. I tried to switch to a more passive approach to money in November, and about halfway through, I realized the passive approach was not working. I quickly gained hold of my budget in the last week and found myself in a massive deficit. By the time this episode airs, we will be well into December, though, and thinking of some New Year's resolutions and changes that we plan to make. Our first year of budgeting, we found $6,000 of quote-unquote lost money, money that in previous years would have been spent without a name or knowledge of where it went. That's $500 a month. What does $500 a month do for you? I'll tell you what it did for us. Take us to Disneyland. At that time, we weren't super into wealth building. We were super into squeezing everything we possibly could from our budget, though, and I got pretty good at it until I burned out it wasn't until this year five years later that I realized the power of including things that are not assets or liabilities just things and experiences that were important to us or services that made life easier for us after doing so we reduced our spending even more because we weren't going crazy on spending sprees quite simply a zero-based budget is your income minus expenses to equal zero and no you're not spending everything that you make Expenses include automatic transfers to your investments and savings. Essentially, you're just paying yourself. But before you start budgeting, there's a few things you have to do. If you're married, then you need to talk to your partner about it. Zero-based budgeting only works if both people with access to the account know what is going on. A good way to get stuck with overdraft fees is to not tell your spouse that you've done a zero-based budget. If you do not have a partner, you should consider finding a support person, someone to cheer you on and get excited with you. There's a lot of failure in budgeting and also a lot of success, but let me tell you, you feel the failures a lot more at times. Having someone that's got your back is essential to your success. Next, you want to review your expenses and bank transactions closely. It's recommended that you go back about three months. Some banks even have a tab to show your spending habits, like a built-in money tracker. Finally, you're going to list some of your goals. I always think of goals that I want accomplished in, within 30 days, 30 months, and 30 years. I encourage you to not just say, save $300 this month. Instead, address a job for it to do. Save $300 to put towards the principal of my car loan is a super solid goal to accomplish this month. In the next 30 months, you can predict a vacation or new tires for your vehicle. A goal in this category may be, I will start a sinking fund with $150 and set an end goal of $2,000 to fly to visit our family in Florida next Christmas. For our 30-year goal, we could say, I will commit to investing 10% of my income with a goal to travel full-time with $750,000 at 50 years old. You probably notice that the only goals changing are your short-term goals within 30 days. However, that does not mean you stop updating and tracking your project progress on your long-term goals. You will track your sinking funds and address your investments every single month. This does not mean sell your worst performing fund every month, All it means is that you look at your returns month to month, and maybe at the end of the year, you reduce what you're sending to international funds the upcoming new year. Or you may realize that this investing thing isn't how you really want to spend your time, so you set aside a day to measure how much an advisor or robo advisor will affect your retirement goals and how you may need to adjust your contributions. Another great tool to assist in goal setting is to write down your interventions or changes you're going to make to accomplish your goals. To save $300 this month, you may need to limit how many times you order DoorDash to like once a week instead of four times a week. (laughs) Or you opt to pick up a four hour dash this month or whatever your side hustle is. So we figured out what we're going to do before the budget, but now I'm going to go over the priorities. I set five different categories in my budget and work down the list until I touch at least every single one. The five categories are needs, debts, investments, sinking funds, and wants. I always go in that order and I always get through every priority before adding leftover money to investments, debts, or sinking funds. Needs are exactly what it sounds like. Housing, utilities, groceries, communication child care if you're a working parent, and transportation costs like insurance, gas, or public transport. Before I start making extra payments on loans, I'm going to list out my debts, their minimum payments, and their interest rates. I repeat, we do not make extra payments until we get completely through all five priorities. Then we move on to our investments. We set a goal of 10% of our income to retirement costs which is met between my partner's pension and my 403B. So investing in a Roth is next if we have leftover money at the end of our budget. We also set aside $250 a month into a custodial brokerage for our children, but other examples of investment accounts include health savings account, a 529, education savings account, and maybe even a Roth IRA if your kids qualify for them. Regardless, you want to at least set aside X percent to your retirement. No other account is more important than my retirement account personally. You determine how much you're going to invest by taking your expected annual expenses at retirement, then multiply them by 25. That is what you call your FI number or work optional number. Next, you'll use an investment calculator. You can just Google, I really like the nerd wallet calculator to figure out how much you'll need to invest monthly. When it asks for interest, I personally use 7 to 8% returns. Then we move on to our sinking funds. The ones that we run with every month are gifting for like holidays and birthdays, vacation. Right now we have a Michigan summer 2022 goal and a goal for Italy summer 2023 for our 10 year anniversary. Vehicle maintenance is another uh, another sinking fund, things like tires and oil changes, any regular and expected maintenance. Term life insurance annual premium for the both of us is another one. We also have one for medical expenses that we use for therapy costs, co-pays, everything outside of insurance. And then finally, we get to our wants. Our wants include things like cable, subscriptions, eating out, and soccer registration for the kids. This category cannot be zero. If your wants priority is zero, then your budget is not sustainable. You've created a financial diet and nearly all of real diets fail. So after I've made it completely down all five priorities, I'm either going to be in a surplus or a deficit. If I have a surplus, I have money left over. I've added up my income and expenses and found that I have $250 left over, amazing. This is when I'm going to look back at my goals that I've set. If I'm on a debt payoff journey, this is going to go towards my loans that have an interest rate of 7% or greater or debt to family and friends. If these don't apply to me, then I'm going to just throw it to my smallest balance. This is personally how I decide what I'm going to pay first. Your strategy may be different. If I'm not on a debt payoff journey, I might opt to start a health savings account, which I don't have yet. Or I may say we're spending a day at Great Wolf Lodge this month. What you do with any leftover money is going to depend greatly on what stage of life you're in right now. The hard part is when you are in a deficit. You essentially have two choices. One, reduce your expenses, or two, increase your income. I am personally always drawn to reducing expenses. When I think about increasing my income, I think about more work. If you're like me, I'm going to encourage you not to be right now, though. Instead, I'm going to encourage you to go to work and ask for a raise. If new employees are being offered sign-on bonuses and you've been there, then I want you to request the same sign-on bonus. If I'm working from home, I'm still going to ask for a raise, but another option, option for me is dog sitting. I have a dog named Charlie. I already have to walk and care for her while I'm home. So maybe I put out an ad to watch another pet in my home for an extra $30 a day. I'm going to find ways that increase my income that don't completely uproot my life before reducing my expenses or picking up odd jobs to make up the difference. Then I want to look at not just my wants but any variable expenses as well. Things like car insurance, cable and internet, and phone services are not always fixed and can be negotiated down. Those are easy ways that don't significantly change my life and honestly I do this without being in a deficit just to jumpstart some of my sinking funds. If I've done all of that, then I'm going to start looking at my grocery budget and maybe pick up a side hustle once a week, but I'm always going to ask for a raise and negotiate down some expenses first before I take on more than I already have on my plate. So a quick recap, always talk to your partner and have a buffer in your account to avoid overdrafting, set short-term and long-term goals before your budget, and check your expenses and spending for the last three months. List your expenses in each of the five priorities. Your income minus expenses should come to zero. With all of that said, for your budget to work, you have to actually follow it. There are many different strategies to track your spending. I have nearly everything automated, though. I sit down once weekly to add up what I've spent each week in my variable categories like grocery and eating out, and then I create a plan for the following week based on what I've already spent. Some people just getting started use cash envelopes on spending to have a visual how much they've spent and how much they have left. No matter what you choose to use to track your spending, always address how much you have left in each priority before heading into the next week. In future episodes, I will break down some budgets more closely. In the meantime, if you have questions on how to get started, I have a free printable PDF budget on my website, momisonfire.com, and also tons and tons of posts on zero-based budgeting. You can also email me at t a r y n e at momisonfire.com. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode.